Thank you for calling the White House. We cannot answer your call today because congressional Democrats are holding government funding hostage to an unrelated immigration debate. Really? Really? Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. That can't be legal. I got the feeling that something ain't right. Does it matter? I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. Not anymore. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me. Jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yep. From Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles, this is the broadcast as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in LA, in Santa Barbara on 98.7 FM, in San Diego on 93.7 FM, in Ridgecrest and China Lake, California on 99.5 FM. We're also heard up in Oregon on KYAQ on the Central Coast, KSOW Queso in Cottage Grove, in Lancaster, Pennsylvania on WLRI, in Maui, Hawaii on KAKU, in Columbus, Ohio on WGRN, in Palinville, New York on WLPP, in Grand Rapids, Michigan on WPRR, in New Orleans on WHIV, in Gallup, New Mexico on KNIZ, in Concord, New Hampshire on WNHN, in Fayetteville, Arkansas on KPSQ, in Seattle, Washington on KODX, and in Minneapolis, St. Paul on AM950 KTNF. We also stream coast-to-coast and around the globe every day, no matter whether the government is open or not, on the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, GDPR, Revolution 99, Workforce Rising, Detour Talk, and many other fine affiliates, both terrestrial and internets. I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, all-around swell fellow. Says me from bradblog.com, blanketing planet Earth five days a week. Uh, okay, as I say, we will be taking your calls um, on that government shutdown, on today's deal specifically to reopen the U.S. government after the two-day shutdown over the weekend. And I would love to hear from those of you who also participated in the women's marches that were held all over the country over the weekend, but that barely got covered by the corporate media. I'll be opening the phone lines in a little bit. If you want to get in line, 818-985-5735 is our phone number. If you happen to be listening live, uh, well, anywhere in the world, 818-985-5735. If you'd like to ring in on either of those issues. First, we've got some noteworthy breaking news late today that I want to sort of push out to the front of the show here for a quick moment so they don't get too buried. Um, on the heels of the of the fire and uh, the collision, then fire, then sinking of an Iranian oil tanker off the coast of China last week, leading to a potential environmental time bomb now on the ocean floor in the East China Sea. Uh, That cost the lives of some uh, 30 crew members. Well, now we have uh, another fossil fuel-related disaster. This one, a uh, a, a natural gas rig that has exploded today, as I understand it, this time in Oklahoma. Desi Doyen, our producer, co-host of the Green News Report. Uh, what do we know at this hour about what happened in Oklahoma? Well, uh, right now, the uh, latest news from emergency officials in Oklahoma is that at about 8.30 this morning, this natural 
gas drilling rig exploded and caused a huge fire and gigantic plumes of black smoke that went into the air. It's basically the entire area is on fire, according to the emergency mm. officials there. So five workers are now missing. And unfortunately, they had to pull back the emergency workers and the firefighters. They're letting the blaze burn and they're not putting any water on it so they can prevent it from uh, scattering mm-hmm. around. Um, and they said also that there have been other explosions at the site because several fuel tanks are also stored there. So we're not going to know about what happened to those five missing workers until the fire is extinguished, and they won't be able to confirm any fatalities until it's extinguished and they can get to the scene of the explosion. Yeesh. Uh, No no solar panel uh, explosions or... uh, No, no. Nobody is missing from uh, solar panels or wind farms. Okay. Yeah. So uh, once again, fossil fuel strike again. More details, no doubt, on our Green News report on tomorrow's broadcast, I'm sure, with Desi Doyen. Uh, Meanwhile, late today, the Pennsylvania Supreme Court, this is big, again, the Pennsylvania Supreme Court tossed out that state's gerrymandered uh, U.S. House districts, finding that they must be redrawn immediately. This is another blow to Republicans who have used both state and U.S. House districts in uh, partisan gerrymandering schemes all across the country. A ruling in a similar Wisconsin case has already been heard by the U.S. Supreme Court. An opinion is expected in that case in June, and similar rulings have been brought against GOP gerrymandering over the past few months in Texas, in North Carolina, where, as we discussed with my guest Barbara Arnwine on Friday's broadcast, you can download that at, you can and should download it at bradblog.com for free. Uh, she's fantastic. Um, we discussed with her that uh, the federal court. Uh, had ordered that state, North Carolina, to completely redraw their U.S. House maps by the end of this month in time for this year's midterm elections with candidates able to file for primary elections in North Carolina in uh, in February. This begins. But the U.S. Supreme Court stepped in late last week to stay that federal court order, making it now far more likely if not certain, that the bogus U.S. House district maps that uh, led to a 10 to 3 GOP majority in the U.S. House representing North Carolina, that those maps will most likely also be used again in 2018, despite the the state being pretty much uh, 50-50. Uh, we're seeing something uh, similar in uh, in Pennsylvania, where Democrats are very happy about this decision from the state Supreme Court. Uh, which said that the boundaries that were drawn by the uh, Republican legislature, Republican majority legislature in Pennsylvania, clearly, quote, clearly, plainly and palpably violate the state's constitution. And uh, they blocked that map from remaining in effect for the 2018 elections. The justices of the state Supreme Court in Pennsylvania gave the Republican controlled legislature until February 9 to pass a replacement map and now Democratic Governor Tom Wolf until uh, mid-February to submit it to the court. Otherwise, the justices say that they will adopt a plan in an effort to keep the May 15 primary election in Pennsylvania on track. The deadline to file paperwork to run in those primaries for the state's congressional seats is March 6th. 
So you have a lot of people planning to run, including incumbent House members, planning to run for re-election or uh, to be challenged. And right now, nobody knows what district uh, they're actually running in or whether they live in the district, etc. So um, will Supreme Court now step in and do what they have done for North Carolina and Wisconsin and basically stay this decision, allowing the, these maps to be used yet another year? Well, we'll see. Uh, we will see in the in the days ahead. But with uh, this ruling uh, that we saw last week, late last week for North Carolina, ruling after ruling, now finding that Republicans purposely gerrymandered in a way that was meant to hurt to discriminate against non-Republican voters. Well, that stolen Supreme Court seat is going to come in handy for the Republicans. They're going to have to come up with some pretty fancy options uh, some, you know, some clever opinions here to uh, say that this stuff does not obviously violate the Constitution's 14th Amendment Equal Protection Clause. Uh, but will you be surprised when the Supreme Court comes up with something, comes up with anything, no matter how much sense it makes? I won't. That, of course, is just one of the reasons that Mitch McConnell helped to steal the Republican majority on the Supreme Court in the first place by blocking Barack Obama's nominee, Merrick Garland, for a year to prevent him from being seated. So more on that, no doubt, in upcoming broadcasts in the days ahead. In the meantime, uh, over the weekend, uh, between uh, somewhere between 1.3 million to 2.1 million people participated in some 328 Women's March events held around the country over the weekend. Uh, just huge turnouts uh, and, and yet unbelievably little coverage uh, in the mainstream corporate media for this. I, I, it was just, you know, kind of blows me away. You had organizers uh, said some 300,000 people attended the rally in Chicago, far more than were expected in New York City. The mayor's office said more than 200,000 people turned out out here in Los Angeles. Mayor Eric Garcetti said on Twitter that some 600,000 people turned out for the Women's March rally over the weekend. Thousands also turned out in Washington, D.C., Philadelphia, Austin, hundreds of other cities. Uh, speakers were urging uh, women to channel their energy into helping Democrats win races in the upcoming midterm elections, particularly a rally uh, called Power to the Polls in Nevada in Las Vegas was organized by the uh, the leaders of last year's Women March, Women's March in Washington. Nevada is a swing state featuring a Republican Senator, Dean Heller, who is up for re-election this year. He's believed to be very vulnerable to a takeover of that seat by Democrats. So huge turnout. Uh, Trump, of course, tried to take credit for this somehow by trolling the marchers with a tweet in which he tried uh, kind of, sort of, to, you know, Take credit, actually, uh, for once again, these huge numbers who turned out to protest his presidency. He tweeted, beautiful weather all over the country, a perfect day for all women to march. He said, get out there now to celebrate the historic milestones and unprecedented economic success and wealth creation that has taken place over the last 12 months. Lowest female unemployment in 18 years. 
Donald Trump said because, well, trollers got to troll. And yet, despite the, once again, huge numbers of marchers in cities across the country, media coverage was sparse at best. Once again, uh, leading uh, critics of those uh, media outlets to, uh, well, to compare what sort of coverage would have, the, you know, we would have seen had it been, say, Tea Partiers or, you know, Trump voters showing up by the hundreds of thousands and millions around the country. If there was, you know, uh, one or two million anti-abortion activists showing up in these kind of numbers around the country, you think there would be more coverage than we saw over the weekend? I do. In any event, if you were one of those marchers over the weekend, uh, since there was so little coverage of another record-breaking march on the one-year anniversary of Trump taking office, I will welcome your call today to let us know why you marched this weekend. 818-985-5735 is our phone number. We'll, phone number. We'll open the, uh, the phones in a bit on that and more if you want to get in line now. You can also tweet me, by the way. I am Brad at bradblog.com. Uh, but uh, first, before all of that, our long two-day national nightmare is now apparently over, or at least it will be soon. For now, uh, Democrats voted to reopen the government on Monday afternoon in the U.S. Senate after a grueling, grueling two-day-long shutdown proving that Democrats do indeed have a spine and they are willing to stand up for the nation's values at least for two days in a row before folding. Uh, the U.S. Senate voted to end a government shutdown on Monday afternoon after Democrats agreed to support a short-term deal in exchange for a promised vote on a bill to protect undocumented immigrants brought here as children. It was a lopsided 81 to 18 vote and a major step towards enabling, uh, I'm sorry, ending a shutdown that had begun as the clock had hit midnight on Friday. Um, the House, we're just getting word from AP, it looks like the House has uh, similarly voted to approve this measure. So uh, Trump will no doubt quickly sign it and the government will be back open and everything will be business as usual once again in these United States, at least for the next three weeks. Senate Minority Leader uh, Chuck Schumer said on the uh, Senate floor early on Monday afternoon that the Republican majority now has 17 days to prevent the Dreamers from being deported. The deal will keep the government open until February 8. The deal that uh, Democrats had rejected on Friday, along with a number of Republicans, would have kept the government uh, open uh, one, one week longer until basically the middle of February with a short-term stopgap measure to uh, reopen the, gov uh, the, uh, the federal government. But really, it just simply prolongs uh, a showdown over whether to return legal status to undocumented immigrants brought here as children through no, no fault of their own, as well as the fight over military spending levels and other such issues. The bill that uh, has now been passed in both houses of Congress also funds the Children's Health Insurance Program for another six years. That's good, at least. The CHIP program is uh, running out of funds all across the country, and Republicans had refused 
to reauthorize that measure for uh, several weeks now, about a, a couple, about 100 days, I think, since it was actually shut down. So we have a temporary reprieve at this point. McConnell, Mitch McConnell, the Republican majority leader, promised, sort of, the way Mitch McConnell does, promised to bring a version of the DREAM Act to the floor and to let it be debated through an open amendment process. This was part of the agreement to uh, bring Democrats along, this promise from Mitch McConnell. Uh, So this is supposedly going to happen on or before or around the time that uh, the the short-term stopgap bill uh, runs out in three weeks. Here's, uh, Here's Mitch McConnell on the Senate floor today making that sort of kind of promise. Let me be clear. This immigration debate will have a level playing field at the outset and an amendment process that is fair to all sides. It's evident that this government shutdown is doing nothing, absolutely nothing, to generate bipartisan progress on the issues the American people care about. Every day we spend arguing about keeping the lights on is another day we cannot spend negotiating DACA or defense spending or any of our other shared uh, priorities. So look, let's join together, put the filibuster behind us, and get back to work for the American people. That was Mitch McConnell saying that, uh, oh yeah, sure, he will bring a vote on the DREAM Act to uh, save those uh, DACA kids, 800,000 of them, from being deported beginning March 5. For his part, Democratic Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer explained how we got to this moment after he had even offered funding to Donald Trump for his border wall in exchange for an agreement on DACA. These days, you never know who to deal with when it comes to the Republicans. The Republican leaders told me to work out a deal with the White House. The White House said, work it out with Republican leaders on the Hill. Separately, President Trump turned away from not one, but two bipartisan compromises. Each would have averted this shutdown. Each would have led to a deal on the budget and health care and disaster aid and things like opioids and veterans and pensions and on immigration. My recent offer to the president was a generous one. I put his signature campaign issue on the table in exchange for DACA, and still he turned away. President Trump's unwillingness to compromise caused the Trump shutdown and brought us to this moment. The great deal-making president sat on the sidelines. Then, of course, uh, after criticizing the president, after saying he does not know how to take yes for an answer, Chuck Schumer nonetheless went on to urge his caucus to vote in favor of a slightly shorter stopgap measure than the one they had turned down on Friday, leading to that lopsided uh, 81-18 vote to end the filibuster and move to approve the short-term deal that virtually guarantees an almost identical fight Three weeks from now, 
though at least with funding for the children's health insurance program no longer a bargaining chip that Republicans can uh, can hold hostage to uh, to a deal. So there's that. Senate Democratic leaders' decision to take the deal, however, was immediately uh, just lambasted as a cave-in from immigrant advocates and many on the left. Senate Democrats from states that Trump won appear to be glad that the fight is over for now. Although not all of them, John Tester still voted against uh, ending the filibuster. He's from uh, Montana, where Donald Trump won by 20 points. Senate Minority Whip Dick Durbin, the leading advocate fighting for legal status for undocumented immigrants in the Senate, backed Schumer's move before bucking up immigration advocates who are furious about the move that uh, they see as a cave-in. Uh, Durbin said to all the dreamers who are watching today, don't give up. Three weeks from now, I hope to be joining you and celebrating. But while Durbin and most Democrats came along, many of the party's fiercest immigration advocates and nearly all of its potential 2020 presidential candidates voted against the measure. Among the no votes were uh, California Senator Kamala Harris, Massachusetts uh, Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders of Vermont, Senator Cory Booker of New Jersey. Harris said, I don't believe he made any commitment whatsoever, talking about McConnell, any commitment whatsoever, and I believe it would be foolhardy to believe he made a commitment uh, Tester, for his part, who voted against the move, said, uh, well, he didn't do it because of the DREAM Act. He said he didn't he was against this because it prolonged decisions on military spending. Uh, he said there's there's no commitments except for uh, except for DACA. I don't even know if that's a commitment, but uh, a sort of commitment from McConnell to vote. There's no commitment except for DACA. And that's why I voted no on Friday. He says it was because this whole place is screwed up. Sure is, ain't it? As I said, uh, progressives, immigration advocates are none too happy with the deal struck on Monday by Democrats in the Senate by way of just one example of many such statements being released following the uh, the Senate agreement on Monday. A credo, a progressive activist group with a long history of advocating for immigrants, they released a statement just slamming Chuck Schumer. Credo political director Merced Zahid said, It's official. Chuck Schumer is the worst negotiator in Washington. Any plans to protect dreamers that relies on the word of serial liars like Mitch McConnell, Paul Ryan, or Donald Trump is doomed to fail, Zahid said. The fact is Republicans do not want to protect dreamers and they want to and they won't do it unless Democrats force their hand by insisting that a clean DREAM Act is attached to a must-pass spending bill. He added, in getting outmaneuvered by Senator uh, McConnell today, Chuck Schumer has failed DREAMers and let the entire Democratic Party down. It's not just activists, uh, progressive activists, who are uh, none too happy about the deal. House Democrats are uh, said to be very unhappy with the Senate deal since it just passed in the House. I haven't been able to look yet at the vote breakdown, but House Minority Leader Nancy Pelosi said on Monday afternoon that she would oppose the package and urged her caucus to do the same. Of course, it can be passed in the U.S. House without any help from Democrats whatsoever. All they need is a straight up or down majority, and the Republicans have that in spades. 
Uh, she said, I don't see that there's any reason uh, to support what was put forth, said Pelosi. Uh, as I said, some members were said to be furious about the deal. But even in the Senate, uh, some Democrats were unhappy, like Elizabeth Warren, who said it's been over 100 days since protection for 800,000 dreamers ended, since community health centers were funded, since hurricanes ravaged Texas, Florida and Puerto Rico. The Republicans refused to fix any of these issues, and they still haven't fixed them. We don't need new promises. We need new laws, said the Massachusetts uh, Democratic senator. A number of reports from uh, Capitol Hill today suggest the Democrats were already getting shaky about blowback from their position over the weekend. Though the available polling doesn't exactly offer evidence to support their concerns. Um, all of the polling that I have seen in the uh, in the days leading up to the uh, to the to the shutdown over the weekend showed that the American people were ready to blame the Republicans for this, not blame the Democrats. That's what they did at least last time in 2013. The last time the government shut down, polls show that Republicans took the brunt of the blame, though they did go on to win pretty big in 2014. At the polls, so if they were blamed, it was not long-lasting blame. Polling taken before Friday night shutdown suggested that uh, history is repeating itself by Republicans taking the blame from the American public. Uh, Pre-shutdown polls from last week showed nearly half of respondents said they would hold Donald Trump and or congressional Republicans responsible for a shutdown compared to less than one-third who said they would blame Democrats in Congress. And a new Politico Morning Consult poll uh, out today, conducted Thursday and Friday just before the shutdown, also found that more voters would blame Republicans in Congress for the shutdown. 41% said they would uh, blame Republicans. Just 36% say they would blame Democrats. But Democratic and Republican voters, by wide margins, held the other side responsible. So those uh, people that the Democrats consider their base, those people that uh, the Republicans consider their, their base, they were prepared to hold the other side responsible. But independents, independent voters, so-called independent voters, say they would blame Republicans. 34 percent to the Democrats, 27 uh, percent. So... Um, it's unclear who would or should be blamed for any of this. This is one of the reasons I want to take your calls at 818-985-5735, 818-985-5735. Uh, who, who would you blame for an extended shutdown of the government? Because this still may happen three weeks from now. Uh, who do you think the American people would blame? Uh, and Why? I'd love to know. 818-985-5735. Love to get your thoughts on that. Um, this is not a, uh, uh, I, I don't think, a clean win for Republicans or Democrats at this point. Um, I think you're going to have a lot of very angry uh, progressives at this point. Angry at Democrats. Voters, by the way, in that Politico uh, morning console poll are equally divided on whether it's worth shutting down the government to pass a bill that allows those eligible for the uh, deferred action for childhood arrivals, the DACA, to stay in the U.S. Forty two percent of voters say it's not worth shutting the government down to pass a DACA bill. The same percentage who say it, it is worth it. Both both 42. It's 42, 42. 
dead even. Among independents, only 35% say it is worth shutting the government down for a DACA fix. 43% of independents say it is not worth it. So, uh, you know, hard, tough call, I guess. For his part, the president of the United States was largely absent from the weekend negotiations, uh, though his White House, and I can't believe this is legal, to be frank, um, hopefully we'll talk to our guest tomorrow about this, who, who may know whether this is legal at all. But uh, the White House used its comment line, its outgoing message on its comment line, which you pay for, by the way, to take a partisan shot at Democrats for this shutdown. Thank you for calling the White House. Unfortunately, we cannot answer your call today because congressional Democrats are holding government funding, including funding for our troops, and other national security priorities hostage to an unrelated immigration debate. Due to this obstruction, the government is shut down. In the meantime, you can leave a comment for the president at www.whitehouse.gov forward slash contact. We look forward to taking your calls as soon as the government reopens. (laughs) Which is, uh, frankly, just amazing to me. I, I, and I, I cannot believe that's legal for the White House to put out a message on the comment line that Democrats are to blame for this shutdown. Uh, but maybe you agree. Uh, and do you trust? Do you trust Mitch McConnell to actually hold a vote on DACA that could any kind of vote that could possibly be approved by Republicans and then signed by the president? Uh, who's to blame here and who will be blamed in three weeks if and when, I should say, when the government shuts down again, potentially for longer this time, because Republicans refuse to protect 800,000 DACA kids brought here by their uh, families uh, and who know no other country other than this one. But they now face deportation in just weeks, beginning March 5. I'd uh, love to hear from you on that, on the Women's March. Uh, our phone number is 818-985-5735. We'll take a quick break and come back to that. 818-985-KPFK. I'm Brad Friedman. Your calls are next. This is the Bradcast. Hey, this is Brad. We really need your support now more than ever. Progressive media outlets have been under attack for years, even during supposedly progressive administrations. And real alternatives to the mainstream corporate media, you know, the folks who got it all wrong from the jump, must be able to continue the fight for all of us. Please consider a donation to our work here on the Bradcast by stopping by bradblog.com donate to help out however you can. A monthly pledge is greatly appreciated, but anything you can share will keep us going. That's bradblog.com slash donate. And please consider supporting whichever progressive media outlet is serving you. Most, just like us, do not receive corporate or political support. We all need your support to keep up the resistance, now more than ever. From Desi Doyen and myself, thank you. Yep, come on. Welcome back. 
to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com taking your calls on the government shutdown, which now, or at least momentarily, appears to be over. Our phone number is 818-985-5735 if you'd like to talk about that. If you were at the Women's March, if you'd like to talk about that. Let's go to uh, Mike in Los Angeles. Hey, Mike, welcome to the Bradcast, sir. Hey, Brad and Desi and Morris of Long Beach. I just wanted to say, though I was at the Women's March, what strikes me most today is that, in the words of the public service announcement we hear in California, talk, read, sings, watch their tiny brains grow. I'm talking about Trump supporters who were told that Mexico would pay for the wall. Yep. If Trump is truthful about anything, Mexico has paid for the wall and we don't. Yeah. I, you know, it's amazing to me. I was I was sort of thinking when Chuck Schumer said, oh, we, we promised we would uh, include the wall or some payments for the wall. I thought, you know what? Good. Good idea. Uh, because, frankly, I mean, while I don't want to see a wall, most of the border is already covered by wall or some kind of fencing. And the fact is it would make uh, Republicans see that, oh, $18 billion of your taxpayer mo- uh, money is going towards this wall that Donald Trump repeated over and over and over. It was going to be paid by Mexico. Uh, yeah. Anyway, thanks, Mike. I, I appreciate the call. Um, let me go to, uh, oh, uh, let's see, Lydia in Altadena. Hey, Lydia, welcome to the broadcast. Hi, Brad. Hi, Lydia. That's that's my mother's um, name, so I put you right to the top of the line. It's an old-fashioned name. Yes. Um, I would just like to say that uh, you mentioned that people are fairly split on whether DACA is worth shutting down the government. Mm-hmm. I think the problem is... This issue hasn't really been explained to us very clearly in the media and what it's all about, the fact that, um, you know, that DACA was canceled, that it's also Mm -hmm. tied to um, people, you know, people have about the, in terms of the wall, if you go down to that area, you see how highly militarized it is. Mm -hmm. But also that it just um, has to do with our immigration policy as a whole and our philosophy about whether we take in people who who need to be sheltered and be given sanctuary. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm not one to explain this in, in great detail. I think it would be great to get some people on who can really explain this better to all of us. But I, I think we've been um you know, the issue has not been well articulated. Uh, I com- I completely agree. And I, I, you know, we try to cover it when we can on this show. I know uh, here at KPFK, we, we cover the issue a lot, but uh, never enough because there's so much noise. There's so much politics out there. Uh, but there are real people really uh, being hurt by our immigration policies and now uh, and and now threatened uh, some 800,000 of them to be sent home who were brought here as children uh, I, sh- I shouldn't say to be sent home to be sent to different countries countries that most of them don't even remember being I mean where the hell are they going to go Yeah they, you well, know I they came here when they were two or three uh, yeah. they're supposed to suddenly go back to their yeah go ahead I suggest people go to United We Dream to that site and see what the dreamers are asking for, and that this issue isn't just about the dreamers. It's it's a broader issue about our immigration policy and who we are as a nation. Couldn't agree with you more. So and, it's time, yeah. if we have to shut it down to get to some pretty core issues, shut it down until people get back. Thank you, Lydia. I appreciate that very Thanks much. That. I appreciate that okay. and uh, agree with you, and not only because... Your name is Lydia. 
Uh, someone calling themselves Cheese and Crackers tweets me on uh, on the Twitters. I am the Brad blog. Uh, to say, the Democrats are to blame. If you want citizenship, earn it. Nothing should be handed out. And regarding the and regarding the women's protests, it's all gobbledygook now. It was cute the first time, but now it's more of an annoyance than anything else. That is a, uh, a brave uh, Twitter person by the name of Cheese and Crackers, apparently too cowardly to either call in or to use his or her own name to make that sort of comment. Unclear how someone, how a, a, a child who was brought here when they're two or three years old is supposed to be earning citizenship at this point. I know a lot of them are serving in the military. Uh, does that count? Should they be uh, granted citizenship for actually serving in our armed forces? I suspect cheese and crackers... Uh, uh, doesn't agree would would think otherwise. Uh, let's see who should we go to here. Uh, Kitty in La Puente. Hang on, there we go. Uh, hey, Kitty, welcome to the broadcast. Hi, thank you for having me on. You bet. Um, so I went to the women's march. Yep. How'd it go? Um, as um, anarcho-feminism SUV, and it was difficult um, to find comrades. And as a um, Chicano. Um, I wasn't really, uh, I had gone previous years that mm -hmm. I knew it was mostly white women and I was already looking forward, not looking forward, but already anticipating seeing the transphobic pink pussy hats that were everywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, Hillary Clinton, Oprah for president. Why did you go? Why, why did you go, Kitty? Why, why, why did you want to be there? Because my friend said that we needed to be there to represent POC, to represent, you know, people of people color. People of color, yeah. So it wouldn't be so whitewashed. Right. But it was really hard to find other comrades, other mm. people that were, had signs that were like intersectional, mm -hmm. other signs that were, you know, not mainstream general run-of-the-mill same old same old well so it was and good that you and your yeah well it was therefore it was i i would argue that it was good that you and your your friends were there to represent did you see they put a pink pussy hat on harriet tubman statue <laughs> no i did not oh it's going it's going around okay so that's just what i'm saying all right like people don't get it all right. So, Apparently they don't. Yeah. Thank you for uh, oh, helping us get it. And and keep, you know, keep turning out. Keep representing, Kitty. I, I appreciate yeah. your call. And I hope that yeah. people do it sparks some activism beyond just the march, just like a one a year mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. Because it needs to continue. It does it indeed. With the fight. Thank you, Kitty. Appreciate the call. Thank you. You bet. Uh, let me go to uh, Lawrence in Los Angeles. Hey, Lawrence. Welcome to the broadcast, sir. Hey, Brad, how you doing? I'm okay. Yeah, um, there's enough blame to go around. Yeah? For the shutdown you're talking about? For the... <laughs> no. no. I, what, were you, uh, what are you referring to? Well, as far as, you know, Democrats or Republicans. Yeah. Um, so it's just one side picking the other when actually Congress is supposed to be... There is no side. It's all our sides. It's supposed to be, you know, about people. Right. Um, but then when you look at it, what is, you know, the Democratic Party? They've let us down repeatedly. Uh, the Voting Rights Act have been gutted. 
um, women's reproductive rights are on the table, social security, all these things, and you would think that the um, that the Democrats would be out in front, especially when you talk about the voting rights and what happened here. They had uh, 2013 to really address it and bring it to you know the public's attention that uh, people's voting rights were becoming scarce uh, due uh, through gerrymandering. Well, let, let me let me hit uh, a, a point or two there. Uh, first, to blame the Democrats for uh, what has happened with the Voting Rights Act when it was gutted by the Supreme Court. Um, it, it doesn't seem completely uh, completely fair. Uh, it has been the Republicans who have kept any type of fix. Democrats have been trying to fix pass a fix for the Voting Rights Act. Democrats have not let that, I'm sorry, Republicans have not let that come forward in either the House or the Senate. Uh, so I think on, on that score, it's not particularly fair, and I don't think it's particularly fair to blame them for Republican gerrymandering of uh, states around the country. I think it's. I think it is fair to blame them for uh, not being aggressive enough in their advocacy overall that, uh, you know, that allowed the Republicans to take over so many uh, state houses around the country in the uh, 2010 election, leading to the uh, the redistricting that we've seen over the past 10 years. There's, uh, I don't want to say there's not plenty to blame Democrats about, but on the Voting Rights Act, I'm not sure that is one of them. No, but what I mean by that is, okay, being handcuffed by the Supreme Court, true, but not getting it out in the main that your vote does matter. Mm. Get out, and yes, they're making it more difficult, but you still have a vote, and it's necessary. Given that these tactics, uh, there should I w- would have liked to seen a push, um, a, a, a real strong get out to vote, mm-hmm. uh, you know, campaign. Uh, given that uh, you know that climate, and it still exists, and you, but um, with DACA. You know, to have children, um, the least vulnerable, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to have them as a political football, uh, you know, and like you said, where are they going to go? Yeah. M- many of them have no clue, rhyme, or reason of their country of origin. And there's a population within the 800 plus thousand. They may not actually be Spanish speakers. Yeah. You know, so you're actually going to put them yeah. back into a culture that they're that they have to reassimilate to. That's what the Republicans would like to do. Clearly, that's what they would like to do, which is why I think that uh, clearly Democrats <clears throat> should have. I mean, I don't know what changes in three weeks from now. Uh, thanks for the call, Lawrence. I, I, I appreciate your thought. I mean, I don't know what you know changes between now and three weeks. I guess uh, children's health insurance. Uh, funding is at least off the table. At least that has now been reauthorized for six years. They can't say that, oh, Democrats are holding it up, uh, you know, or Democrats are keeping children from getting health care, as Republicans have been saying over the past couple of days, pretending they gave a damn about rep- uh, children having health care after spending a hundred days not reauthorizing the uh, what had been a bipartisan program. So, you know, I'm not sure what's going to change. And frankly, I'm not sure how uh, any kind of fix will ever be acceptable for Republicans or anything that Republicans would come up with would possibly be acceptable for Democrats. 
As David Beyer noted um, late last week, I think this was, uh, at the Libertarian Cato Institute, uh, he noted that the House GOP, uh, their DACA bill, would actually criminalize, criminalize legalized dreamers if they failed to maintain an income sufficiently above the poverty line. He writes, take, for example, the status provided to dreamers in this bill. This is the House version of a DACA fix. The status provided to dreamers in that bill requires them to maintain an annual income of at least 125% of the poverty line. If they fall below that level for 90 days, not only are they immediately subject to deportation again, they would be criminals. They would be considered criminals under this House bill. He writes, this bill literally criminalizes poverty among dreamers. So, uh, you know, I don't know how we're ever going to uh, get a fix for this uh, DACA uh, problem that Donald Trump created himself by lifting the protections that were in place, by reneging on the agreement with the uh, with the Obama administration that these kids had, where they gave their uh, their their names, their uh, where they live, their location um, and everything else They came out of the shadows. And now it's being turned around on them, taken away from them, lifted from them, and now they're being potentially threatened with becoming criminals if they don't make enough money? Really? Yeah, really. That's the House version of this bill. If we even get there, if we even get to a, a vote in the House or the Senate, as uh, Mitch, McConnell, Mitch McConnell promised today to... Uh, one some might say to trick Democrats into uh, voting in favor of reopening the uh, the government for three more weeks until this all happens all over again. Eight one eight nine eight five is our phone number. I'm sorry. Eight one eight nine eight five five seven three five is our phone number. Yes, you will need all of the digits. Eight one eight nine eight five five seven three five is our phone number. Let me take a uh, quick break, and we'll come back with more of your calls here on the broadcast. I'm Brad Friedman. Don't touch that dial. Hi, this is Desi Doyen from the Green News Report and the Bradcast, both brought to you without corporate or political influence, because we rely on you to help keep us completely independent. Please drop by bradblog.com donate today and help us stay on your public airwaves. That's bradblog.com donate. You'll thank yourself later. I'll thank you now. Welcome back. To the Bradcast, Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. I want to keep, let's stick on with your calls here. 818-985-5735 on the shutdown on the Women's March. Stephen in Burbank. Hey, Stephen, welcome to the Bradcast. I accept your invitation. Thank you for accepting. Every time I hear Mitch McConnell speaking in public, he cannot say anything without saying the American people. Well, the American people. Two, three, four times. Yeah. And if the Democrats had any kind of a brain or any kind of a courage or a backbone, they could counter those statements by saying the DACA dreamers are American people. Now, 
Try to get Mitch McConnell to prove that wrong. Mm. Oh, wow. They're, they're not citizens, therefore they're not American people. Even though they have lived here for 20 years and they paid their taxes and they're going to school and they have jobs and they have no criminal records, they are still uh, illegal immigrants who need to be deported immediately. I mean, that's his... That's he and his caucus. That's where we are, Steve. Yeah. Well, yeah. being a radical leftist, uh, I don't uh, subscribe to these notions of the nation state, nationalism, uh, nation and all that. You know, I think all people are humans. No people are illegal unless they commit a crime, you know, yep. theft, murder, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So we'll just see if the Democrats can defend other human beings in the world trying to have a decent standard of living. Thanks for the call, Steve. Always good to hear from you, my friend. Uh, stay safe out there in Burbank. Let's go to uh, Marta up at uh, Big Bear, Big Bear Lake. Hey, Marta, welcome to the broadcast. Hi, Brad. Hi, yes, Marta. I went to March in Palm Springs. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Go ahead. Oh, okay. I went to the March in Palm Springs. It was very exciting, very high energy. I loved it. However, um, I also want to um, say that, that as a woman, I believe that there are issues that affect me as well as men, and that women's issues are not just sexism and things like that, but um, there's also the devastating effects of militarism mm -hmm. and uh, extremely high college tuition, high interest student loans, uh, building three prisons in California at while only four universities. Mm -hmm. um, we have we have not only environmental racism and, you know, extreme climate disruption, but, you know, the fossil fuel industry is just so harmful to all of us, including our children. And we have um, extremely inadequate health care. And uh, that's one that is the top contributor to personal bankruptcy. And we have one in five children living in poverty, so we need um, we need um, economic opportunities for all of us. All of these, I would say, probably affect women even more than men. Uh, at least some of them do, but uh, or affect you know children more than than uh, grown men. You know, it's possible, but we need to also not you know relegate women to just having certain women's issues. Thanks, Marta. I appreciate the call. I appreciate you uh, turning up over the uh, weekend in Palm Springs to make noise uh, and keep marching. Keep marching, keep calling, and keep making noise. Thanks, Marta. Greatly appreciate it. Uh, oh, it looks like I see someone uh, C2, which I'm going to guess means cheese and crackers from Twitter. Do we give him or her uh, the uh, sure? Why not? Uh, he or she decided to call in. Hey, uh, hey, cheesing. Hey, no, no, no. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. But listen, I called to tell you that yeah, the Democrats are probably going to be blamed for the shutdown. Okay. And uh, as well, they should be. Look, immigration is simple. You know, uh, enforcement is the key. You know, and if you don't enforce it, uh, then you're. I, I mean, uh, listen. You know. Uh, most people agree with the immigration laws. If you don't enforce it, that's where the uh, that's where the uh, roadblock uh, comes. And I like to know where the, where the hell was the Democratic Party when the uh, White House uh, uh, under George Bush and Clinton mm -hmm. uh, and Reagan 
uh, had that massive uh, drug smuggling, gun running operation that flooded our communities with cocaine and tore the gut. Oh, C two, C two is that is that what we call you? C two? No, well, yeah, she said, how do you pronounce it? C two. I said, yeah, that's the way you pronounce it. Oh, okay. So, so you're not that you're not cheese you're not cheese and you're not cheese and crackers from from Twitter, right? No, I don't know who the hell that is, okay. but uh, right. I'm calling you to tell you what my comment is. The Democrats will probably be blamed for it. All right, but as far as it, thanks, thanks, C2, the the drug running, uh, the the gun running under uh, Bush and uh, Clinton, Bush, Reagan, Clinton. I'm talking about the massive drug smuggling, smuggling and gun running operation that was ran that resulted in the cocaine. So. Ah. In South Central, that tore the guts out of South Central I got and you. other black refugee communities in this country that was collaborated uh, 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 on by Democrats and Republicans. Where in the hell were the Democrats in protecting people that are voting for them like 90, 95%? Thank you. I appreciate that, uh, C2. Good question. Where the hell were they? Uh, where the hell are they now? Let's go to Aaron in Ver- Valley Village. Hey, Aaron, welcome to the broadcast. Hello there, Brad. Hi there, Erin. Oh, Con- <laughs> Congress is going to be really interesting. People, you're going to have to watch where they step with all the spines all over the floor. <laughs> I'm really, um, basically, in regards to the whole deportation thing, I was wondering if you saw the story of a uh, 45-year-old doctor from, I think it's the University of Michigan. I think he's a neurologist. He was brought here from Poland when he was five years old. He has legal permanent residency green card, and he is now in the deportation center mm. being thrown out. On, on, and do you know on what basis uh, they're, they're trying to throw him out, if he's a legal, if he has a legal access, a green card? Nope. No, I don't know that. I just I saw yeah. that, and I unfortunately my Internet went out. I was mm. trying to get more information on it, but I was wondering if you knew anything about that. No, I don't know that particular story, although I've seen uh, too many stories like it because there's so much going on, and uh, our, you know, the idiot in the White House uh, makes so much noise, says so many stupid things on Twitter that, like uh, moths to a flame, our corporate media can't help but follow and cover and, you know, cover the politics without you know, actually looking at how this affects people, who these people are. I mean, you know, I, I mentioned at the top of the show, the, the Women's March, if there had been that many right-wingers, Tea Partiers, anti-abortion people, whoever, uh, marching all across the country, the New York Times would have turned over their front page oh, to them, their editorial. As it is, New York Times turned over their editorial page last week to Trump voters, the entire page, yeah. to explain why yeah. it is that they still support Trump. Well, how about the majority of Americans who voted against Trump? Why not turn over the editorial page to those people to explain why they're showing up in uh, huge numbers, millions around the country in the freezing cold uh, to, to to stand up again? I mean, it's just it's so out of balance. But you knew that, Aaron. It is. <laughs> but did did you see that Trump did that? <laughs> he did wrote a Twitter comment where he was so excited that Mrs. S at Mar-a-Lago gave him an A for effort. Uh, for for what? I actually don't even tell me. I don't even want to know. I was going to say for what, but in truth, I know. I, I don't but, even want to know. For effort, not for anything else. Yeah, yeah. And, and I I was like, uh, so I was writing back. I'm like, are you freaking serious? You're the president of the United. States, are you going to look for a gold star as well? Are you showing us your yeah. report card? I mean, what is what? 
Oh, and I, and I turned around and said, yeah, yeah, you aced your mental exam. Yeah, right, sure. Don't don't let him troll you, Aaron. It's a fight we all must uh, make every day. Do not allow yourself to be trolled by this president of the United States. Aaron, I got to get out. I appreciate the call. Thank you. Uh, What happened? uh, Where did Mo go? Oh, damn it. Mo, I was going to go to you next uh, to to close us out. Let me uh, who can I go to? Let me go to JoLynn in Highland Park. Hey, JoLynn, welcome to the broadcast. Very quickly, got just a few uh, minutes or so here. Okay, hi. Um, I wanted to ask you what you thought about um, maybe a call, a national call for another walkout, um, like just like the May Day, but even bigger. I mean, after all, if DACA Dreamers get deported, a lot of their families may have to leave as well because. They have to go where their ch- where their children are going to go. So I mean, it could be devastating if this ever were to happen. Why not? Since there's nothing really as much to lose, call for some type of walkout. And if there's you thought there was enough time and how much effort it would need to have to do something on that scale, um, national scale, mm-hmm. and if there was enough time, what do you think? Well, I, I, I'm in favor of any sort of advocacy. I'm in favor of people speaking up. I'm in favor of people taking action. It's not up to me to well, organize such walk- a march. What's that? Well, I'm talking about walking out like people not going to work. People, that I hear you. Immigrants not going to work. Sounds good to me. Yeah. But dreamers uh, not going to work, and their immigrant immigrants not going to work. Sounds and good to me. Who, people who support them, their family members too. Sounds good to me. Get to work, Joe Len. Uh, put together something, and I'm happy to to talk about it. Everyone needs to step forward. Uh, if a few people walk out of work and no one notices, you know, like a tree falling in the forest, what does it actually mean? But I, I'm all for it. Uh, let's let's all get busy. Thanks, Jolene. I appreciate that. I appreciate the other callers that I couldn't get through. A, a lot of tons of people I know wanted to get through today. My apologies for not getting to everyone. Our thanks to our producer, Desi Doyen, to my board op today, D'Angelo Jones, and to you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. If you missed any portion of today's show, download it anytime for free at bradblog.com. You can drop me email if you like. I'm bradcast at bradblog.com. And on the Facebooks and the Twitters, I am simply the Brad blog until we meet again which I hope will be tomorrow on the broadcast I'm Brad Friedman good luck world